Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Tom Wells here. Today is Friday, Farch, 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 Farch? What kind of month is Farch? March the 2nd, 2018. <laughs> it's 8 a.m. Eastern Time, your first daily dose of happy for the day. And uh, obviously, my tongue has not awakened just yet, but it's getting closer. And eventually, it's actually going to be working properly. So we're, we have that to look forward to, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> well, that'll be exciting. Mom. Yes, right. <laughs> Love to hear you talk right. Yeah. <laughs> so how are you doing? I mean, we have a talk since Tuesday. Have you been having a good week? Yeah, every week seems to be good. It's it's fun to just watch things evolve as they do over time. And I'm excited that I feel momentum is always building towards more and more good things. And I had a great class on Monday with comedy improv. That's always fun to see how that evolves. And my Tai Chi is evolving. I had another Tai Chi class. And then just reading some great things, uh, reading a book Adventures Beyond the Body by William Buhlman about out-of-body experiences. And oh, right. You mentioned that one. So yeah. fascinated with how this creation is set up. Right. Yeah, well, that's good. Good stuff. Good stuff happening. Yeah, we, we actually had a good day yesterday. I, I mentioned it on the Wednesday. On the um, Wednesday. Boy, am I really confused. On the afternoon podcast, uh, I mentioned that we had interviewed a couple of candidates for a sales position for my wife's gardening services business and mm-hmm. two really good candidates. So, I mean, we have one position we're hoping we're hiring for right now and probably a second one, maybe a month later. And they would both be excellent. And we've got another interview today. So, I mean, you, well, you know, yourself, you used to, to do selling, you, you did the book business and there was selling involved in that. You know how hard mm-hmm. it is to find people who really know how to sell. And these mm-hmm. ladies are just fantastic. So, I mean, we're thrilled that we got two really good candidates right out of the gate. We've got a third one c- coming in today and a fourth one that we haven't even scheduled the interview on. She's got the best qualifications of all of them. So, wow. yeah, good stuff going on there. Really good stuff. So, you hire new people each year? Well, often to, to a certain extent, you have to because it's a seasonal business. Um, yeah. And so, you tend to get seasonal laborers. We've been actually trying to improve our offerings, so to speak, make it um, more desirable for people to come back. And we have succeeded. This year, uh, I think we have five, six good people coming back. Normally, if we have two, it's a victory. So this year, it's a, a really big victory because these are six really top-quality people. Um, wow. Now, last year was the first year we had actually hired sales help. Um, Louise had been doing all the selling herself, but... One of my goals has been to try to get as many hats off of her head as possible because it was weighing her down. I mean, there, when you wear too many hats, you know how that is. It just kind of overwhelms you, and she was mm-hmm. feeling overwhelmed. So sales was one of the things that we're trying to take the hat away. And uh, we, we did have somebody who was working part-time last year, but this year we wanted to have a real full-time person doing it. Plus, we want to really keep growing it. It's been growing nicely, but we want to do a really big push this year, which means you have to oh. have more sales, right? Well, that means you have mm-hmm. to hire more sales help, so... That's why the plan is to ultimately have two people selling by like midsummer. And uh, if that happens, we are going to have a very, very successful year. There's no doubt about it. The only question is, can we make the cash flow work? But if we can make the cash flow work, it's going to work. It's going to be good. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's always a question, isn't it? It is. Yes, right. <laughs> can you make the cash flow work? Oh, yeah. You want, you want that one just to be nailed. <laughs> and there are a number of things we have to do to make that happen. But we're you no, know, we're making good progress. Mm-hmm. I can't complain. Mm-hmm. We're, we're making very that's good all, progress. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, so good stuff happening. You can do it. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And it, it's also been a week of of exploring more and more diverse topics, which is interesting. It's like, uh, I mean, yesterday we were we were actually, Wendy and I were going after a really difficult topic, negative stuff that we attract into our lives, and, and that could be emotionally difficult to deal with. Um, so, I mean, we've been really expanding the boundaries this week. It's been good. That's good. Are you yeah. still reading out of the different books? Oh yeah, yeah. We're we have uh, three different uh, Abraham books we're working on. With Wendy, it's Law of Attraction. With uh, Cindy, it's Money and the Law of Attraction. And with David, it's the Astonishing Power of Emotions. So yeah, we're, we're just plowing through books, and it's good. It's a good way to do topics. I like. I mean, I like the topics you come up with too. But 
you know, it's, when you're doing, especially when, like with Wendy, it's a daily podcast, it, it can be a little overwhelming to keep coming up with topics. So if you got the book, it's just, oh, we got our topic today. Oh, we got our topic today. Yeah. Oh, we got our topic today. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is easier. a little much to keep coming up with topics. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. You have to really work the, at it. And then having, having the depth to speak about them, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, I have a lot of that depth, but I also am constantly learning and understanding this law of attraction stuff more myself. Right. Right. Speaking of understanding the law of attraction, one of the things that we all kind of wrestle with is the difficulty of why is it that stuff doesn't show up when I expect it to show up or when I'm hoping it's going to show up. And and I mean, we know what the, the basic formula is, so why doesn't it show up? It, it frustrates people. Many people just give up on it. They throw up their hands saying, oh, this stuff doesn't work. It's a it's a major thing, and I was glad you brought it up as a topic today. It, as you pointed out before the, the the broadcast, it's a topic we've talked about in a number of different ways in the past. But this is one of those evergreen topics. It's one of the ones that everybody wants to know about. So I, I've kind of given the back end um, introduction. Why don't you give the actual forefront <laughs> introduction of how this thing works? <laughs> yeah, well, it's a it's an in and out topic to talk about quite a, in a lot of different ways and. You know, obviously, if we have the idea that things are taking too long to show up, then they will, <laughs> because that's the main that's the main resistance that we've got going on. Is that why is this taking so long? Why is this taking so long? And that way, we're focused on, of course, you know, the the quintessential thing in law of attraction is you think that the thing you want, you won't be happy until you have it. It's you're focused on the condition mm -hmm. and instead of being focused on the process of getting to the condition, it's the same thing Abraham talks about of if you want to be in San Diego and you're driving from Phoenix to San Diego and all you can think about is being in San Diego, then um, you're, and you're not enjoying the journey and, but you're not still not yet in San Diego, you could get frustrated and turn around and go back towards Phoenix. And yeah, so essentially that describes the entire process right there that we do is that we get caught between going back and forth it being pulled towards what we, our previous life has been and being pulled towards the new thing that we want to have happen. So if you want that new relationship, if you want that new car, that new house, that new amount of money or something else, you know, something like a state of being, a feeling of just being happier, of just feeling your body feeling better. Whatever it is, we've got to understand that the way to get to the thing we want is to enjoy the process of getting there. So it's feeling satisfaction right now, today, beginning in this moment. How can we feel satisfaction and not be so focused on the idea that I won't feel good till I have that certain amount of money in my bank because I need that money or I need that relationship. I won't be happy till I have that partner in my life, you know, or till I get this problem worked out with my wife or my husband or with my children, whatever the problem is, we get so focused on wanting to have the solution. Well, actually we get focused on the problem. That's the thing. Because as Abraham has pointed out, the problem and solution actually have two different vibrations to them. And we get focused on, well, I got to get this problem solved. I, I can't be happy until I get this problem solved. This problem yeah. is getting in the way. So that's what I'm paying my attention to. And, and as they yeah, point exactly. out, it's like the wrong thing to but, point at. You can't, you can't get there just by staying on, oh, I got to get this problem solved. Yeah. So we focus on both. I mean, we focus on the fact that the the thing we want is somehow far off in the future or it's hard to get to it. Right. And, you know, then we're also focused on the fact that we still have the problem. So between those two vibrations, we've got, we've got negative vibrations going on. We've got vibrations that won't allow the thing to flow to us because it's only going to flow to us when we're feeling that vibration of it being a done deal, which we know it, it, if you believe law of attraction that the second we got the desire for wanting that change or that transformation or that wonderful thing that we're hoping for, that we're longing for, that we want in our lives, the second we got that desire for it, the universe answered it and said, okay, fine. And then we go back into the problem and the lack of it. And it's, it's sort of like, 
two friends that are arguing and the one friend has got their position on a particular topic and the other friend's got their position on that topic and they both know that they're right and the other person's wrong. (laughs) Well, we have that argument going inside of ourselves and we hardly are even aware of it. I think I can speak for myself. I'm often just not aware that I'm, that I'm in a tug of war with my own self. One part of me, you know, back in this way that I've been conditioned to believe of what's possible for me and, and what my life has been like. And then the other part that wants this new life, this change to take place. But there's been so much momentum established with my old paradigm, my old way of being that I don't understand that I can only have that new paradigm when I get into the vibration of the new paradigm and I let go of the old paradigm. I've got to let go of the resistance to having the thing I want. Yeah, isn't it ironic that one of the things that we do most often is we have that little argument going on that you just described, right? And mm-hmm. in, in the course of the argument, um, the, the the other side of us says, "Well, I agree. We need to we, we need to address that problem. We need to solve it." And the the first side of the argument says, "Yes, I agree with that," and it goes right back to getting into the argument again. It's like <laughs> they they came to agreement and then they went right back to arguing, and and, and yeah. people do that too, right? It's one of those strange things that that we tend to do. We we get locked into a pattern, and then we get the opportunity to break it, and we just fall right back into the pattern. Exactly. Bizarre. It's like when somebody goes to the mailbox, and they've got a problem with money, and they see a big bill that's just come in, and they get more frustrated about the fact that they know they don't have enough money in their life to pay all these bills or to do the things they want to do with money, and then... So they say to the universe, I need more money. I've got to have more money. <laughs> and the universe immediately answers, says, okay, you've got it. That's one thing first right there is, do you believe the universe answers you like that? And uh, well, that takes- I, I think we all do believe it in one sense, because we've all had experiences with stuff that isn't really important to us, where we've gotten instant answers. We don't necessarily recognize it as being the universe answering a request, but that's what it is. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, I told a story about, oh, I don't know, two months ago, something like that, about how I read uh, a book that Cindy had given me um, called E Squared by Pam Grout. And yeah. in there, there are a bunch of exercises. One of the exercises was you were supposed to uh, ask the universe to send you something to prove that it exists, to prove that the law of attraction exists. And you also ask the universe to send you what, what they called a... Uh, a blessing, which was mm-hmm. uh, something that that you would enjoy. And in both cases, you weren't allowed to specify what they were. You, you were leaving it up to the universe to tell you what it was. And so okay. I, I went through the exercise, and, and part of it was that there was a little um, kind of like a scientific experiment worksheet. So you would record what the experiment was, what date you were you were starting it on, what time you were starting it on, and what the details were. And then you'd also have a, t- uh, a section for marking what happens when the experiment is finished. So I'm going through the steps, uh, you know, I'm reading through and going through the steps in my mind. I wasn't actually writing them down, but I was going through the steps and and it says, okay, so here's where you write in uh, the date. So I said, okay, let's see, the date was, I think it was December 27th, or no, uh, December 31st, that's right. It was, uh, or the 30th, it was right before New Year's. But um, Mm -hmm. I wrote, I I imagine, okay, that's what the, the date is. And and then it said, okay, write down the time. And I pulled out my cell phone and looked at the time. The time was 5.55. And I burst <laughs> out laughing. Why did I burst out laughing? Because m- earlier in the day before I had done this exercise, I had spent a whole bunch of time online with people who were getting all frenetic about number combinations. What do these numbers mean? What do these numbers oh. mean? I was trying to calm mm-hmm. them down. About, like, oh, they don't, don't worry about what they mean. Just enjoy them. It's not a big deal. you know. Oh. And so I'd, been, I'd spent a lot of time on that. And here it is flashing this number at me. Well, I knew instantly that was the universe sending me the proof. You know, <laughs> I'd asked for proof. I got it within a split second. And oh, then I started yeah. to laugh at it, and I realized that the laugh was the blessing because laughter is great for you, right? It's a very, it's a very happy, healthy mm-hmm. thing. So instantly, within a split second, I'd gotten both the answer and the blessing at the same time. I mean, that was like really, really fast. Mm-hmm. And why, why did it show up so fast in my experience? Because I had no resistance. I, it's like yeah. I, had, I didn't have anything invested in it. You know? It's not like mm-hmm. I had any kind of uh, horse in the race or anything like that. So it just came in really easily. Uh-huh. There is proof that the universe responds quickly. So when we don't experience that it arrived quickly, all it really means is that I have some sort of resistance in place that is blocking it. The universe said it. I just 
I'm blocking it. Yeah. That, which is a hard concept, but nevertheless, that's what's happening. Yeah, that's what it all comes down to. And it's just a question of how much can we get satisfaction from the fact that we know that the universe has already put that thing into our vortex. And then the understanding that the way it comes to us is that we get more into enjoyment. We get more into enjoying the fact that the thing is there and it's coming and that that it's a process we're going to be in to allow it to arrive. And that all we're really doing is getting ourselves ready to allow it to come. And we can make that take as little or as long as we want in a certain way. You know, we've got to kind of like refine our vibration until where we're in that place where whether we're feeling enthusiasm about what's coming or we're feeling enthusiasm about our life just the way it is, or we're simply feeling comfort and ease, all those things will develop the right momentum. So like when you laugh, when you see the number 555, yeah. that that laugh of recognition and that feeling that fills your body at that moment, that's all we're really trying to do to get the big things we want in our life. This is get true. to that place where we're feeling so good and so happy to just be alive. And it was it was really a powerful laugh too. I mean, I, I was feeling really, really good. It was it was one of those belly laughs where you just start laughing and you can't stop. I was practically I was on the bed at the time and I was just rolling around <laughs> on the bed as I'm wow. laughing. I, I pra- practically falling on the floor with laughter. It was one of those. That's things. great. Oh, it was great. Yeah, it shows yeah. what happens when you don't have any resistance in place. It also shows how many different ways we do have resistance in place. Resistances that. Most of the time, we don't even know they're there, which yeah. is befuddling. It's absolutely bewildering. How can there be these resistances that I don't even know that they're there? And if I don't know they're there, how do I deal with them? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I was almost going to have the topic be today about the unconscious and the subconscious because I thought it'd be interesting to explore, you know, how do we have these things that stand between us and what we want that that bring up this resistance that caused this tug of war. You know, this one part of us is arguing for the old that we no longer want. Right. And the other part is arguing for what the new that we say we want. Yep. I realize a lot for myself. I, I don't know if I really give myself a clear story of the thing I want, you know, that I'm really clear that I want that partner in my life, you know, cause a lot of times someone will ask me, you know, how's it going with dating? And I go, well, I was dating and then this happened and I met this woman and then this happened. And, oh, and then I didn't date for a while. And I'm kind of feeling that, you know, just not that enthusiastic about it. And and then I listen to myself and I go, well, no wonder I wouldn't have a, <laughs> yeah. you know, a life partner because I'm giving a mixed message to the universe. One thing says I'd be really great to be with somebody. The other part says I love my sovereignty. I love my autonomy. I love and plus, I say I'm working on my developing my business and my speaking business, and I'm, I've got all kinds of irons in the fire, and I don't know if I have time to give to someone that would really be the kind of partner that I want to be with. And so all those mixed messages, you know, they're not, they're not the message that says I'm ready to have it in my life. And Isn't that funny? I mean, isn't it amazing that – you, you you do you're able to recognize that you have those those uh feelings that work against what you're talking about but isn't it amazing that when we're feeling them we don't really feel like that they're resistances no no we don't we don't feel like that they're you know if if i have a mixed message like you said going on inside of me we don't feel like that that's resisting anything at all and yet mm-hmm. it's a huge resistance it's a resistance that actually keeps it at bay that's pretty strong resistance yeah and it's for me it's almost like it's just I I still have favorable reasons why I like something the way it is. You know, I, I realize like with money, I have certain limitations as to how much I'm letting in because there's something about my current lifestyle and the amount of money I have that's okay with me. You know, mm. it's like I'm not in poverty. I'm not suffering. I've got plenty of everything I want. And Yet I want more money, but I'm not enthusiastically open to receiving it. You know, it's like I'm, you know, that's why they say if you're dealing with money, you've got to ask yourself those questions 
like, um, do you have old ideas about like, if I have a lot of money, I'm not as good of a person. I'm then one of these people who's just pursuing wealth and, and living this abundant lifestyle while others are living in poverty. And how could you do that? How could you be that kind of person who, who lets others live in poverty while you lavish in wealth on a beautiful tropical island in your beautiful mansion? And there are feelings like that in me that I think I just don't really bother to resolve them or it's too much work to try to figure out all that stuff. So I just say, well, yeah, I want more money and and I'm open and I'm going to let it come into my life. And then I just believe that and I accept that. But then I watch, well, why would it take a long time for it to come unless I've got contradictory, contradictory beliefs that are saying, I don't really need it. You know, I'm not really ready to have the money, just like I'm not really ready to have the relationship or whatever it is. It sounds good. It, you know, it seems like I want it, but until I clean up that vibration, then these things won't come. And, um, in a way I, I, I'm mystified by it in a certain way. It says, well, do I need to do more work on my relationship vibration and my money vibration? That's, just get cl- get clear that I really do want these things and that I really don't like my living alone and I don't like the amount of money that I have. I want more, you know, or, mm. you know, well, yes. I guess it's not, not, not going to be don't like. It's got to be what the things that I do like. And ironically, right, right. you got to you got to get into the stuff that's good now and the satisfaction I feel from what I do have to even allow more to come. You know, like I've got to love my time by myself to be able to love my time with another person. I've got to love myself exactly the way I am before I'm even ready to have a relationship. That's why so I'm so I can't grateful be to jonesing uh, for it. Yeah, um, right. You can't be jonesing for it. I like that. <laughs> but that's why I'm so grateful to uh, Abraham and why I really appreciate their teachings because they were the ones who helped me understand the, the nature of resistance and how resistance is what keeps stuff at bay. So that gives me a rule to work with. Whenever something hasn't shown up, I instantly know I'm resisting in some way. I don't necessarily know. In fact, most times I don't know how I'm resisting. In yeah. fact, like 90% of the time, I really don't know how I'm resisting. But now at least I have a clue. Uh-huh. Now I have something I can go on. Okay, I'm resisting in some way. So now it's a question of breaking it down. Like, okay, so how am I how am I resisting? What form of, of resistance am I taking? And that's what you yeah. were talking about. All you working through the possible questions. Well, am I resisting because of this, or am I resisting because of this? And you just kind of work through stuff until you find what it is that's uh, that's in the way. And and in in the course of doing that, we all find ourselves unearthing all kinds of stuff that we didn't even know was in our conscious mind. We didn't even know it was in our subconscious mind. It just pops up like, whoa, where did that mm. come from? Mm. Yeah, <laughs> but there it is. Yeah, like what? what is it that would keep me from having this beautiful life partner? I don't know. Uh, I I've, I can see, like I said, all kinds of reasons why I love my time alone, and I'm afraid this person's going to interrupt my lifestyle, mm-hmm. you know, and I've actually gotten together with several women who that's one of the things that comes up, or that she won't be enough of the things that I want, and mm-hmm. I will end up settling, and then I'll be angry at myself that I settled, and, you know, different things like that. And until I come to peace with those things and make peace with the fact of how it can just, how I can trust that it's, that she's already in my vortex, just like the money is already in my vortex. Mm-hmm. And it's in my vortex in the perfect way. That's the interesting thing about the vortex and about the universe is that, you know, Abraham often says, can you get in touch with the vibration that allows the planet's planets to spin in perfect proximity to each other Mm. and you think and they say that's the vibration of inspiration that's the vibration you want to be tapping into because if you've you think you want certain things in your life well then there is a way that your soul your heart your inner being knows exactly what you really want and it will deliver it to you in the most wonderful way if you just like you say get get beyond the resistance, get out of the way of letting that good come to you. And the way to get out of the way is we get so happy right now with everything that we can get happy about and have fun with and play with and relax about 
and get excited about, and then we get impulses. That's the trick. And they say it's also the key to everything is to meditate, that the only way you get in, you know, one of the only ways that they say will truly get you there is meditation. Yeah, it's good that they they tell us these things that that kind of reinforce for us whether or not we're on a path that helps us to unearth and uncover whatever it is that's that's giving trouble. So, for instance, the 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 tool of of looking for ways to feel good that becomes a shortcut, doesn't it? It becomes a way of okay, I don't know necessarily what resistances I have in place. I know I've got them. I, I'm, I can tell from the results I'm not getting that, the, that I have resistances, but I don't necessarily know what they are. But if I can get myself into that positive frame of mind, what ends up happening is by, by getting in that positive frame of mind and then staying in that positive frame of mind, I open myself up enough that all of a sudden the details about the resistances start to come to the fore and I can start to see them and recognize them and say, oh, there's one. How do I deal with that? And now I've got now I've got a, a, a game plan, right? Now at least I have a way to. Okay, I know what the resistance is caused by in one particular case. Let's see if I can figure out how to get around that one. And very often it's also the same thing. Stay on the positive frame of mind, the the, the positive wavelength, and you'll actually end up dissipating it. Um, but we also have the other tools, like you said, the meditation, um, various kinds of mindfulness. Um, the, the affirmations that we can do, the self-talk. Self-talk is huge. I'm, I'm just really appreciating in many ways through this mirror exercise thing that I'm doing every day just how important the self-talk is. Because mm -hmm. I, I, I told you before we started today's podcast that um, I was, I, I've been doing it now for almost two weeks. And in that two-week period, I can't say I've had a gigantic uh, change in my, in my negative self-talk, but I have noticed a reduction in it. And that alone is a victory <laughs> mm -hmm. that, because I yeah. mean, I've been up against that, butting my head against that for years now. So to see mm -hmm. a, a, even a, a relatively small reduction is gigantic because for the longest time it was just an immovable object. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what mm -hmm. I mean? Yeah. So, it, And that's it's, why it's I was asking if when you do the self-talk in front of the mirror, is it fun for you? Um, and you were saying, well, you're trying to get it to be fun, but it's not totally fun. Not yet. <laughs> right. No, it's getting better. Um, when yeah. I the first day was really rough, because anyone who's ever tried talking to the self to themselves in the mirror and then saying something really positive like "I love you," there's so much discomfort level involved in that. I think particularly for males because we're not used to saying that to ourselves, right? <laughs> but it, it's there, and, and and you're facing it. It's like, oh, Jesus. I, I couldn't look. The first day, I couldn't look myself in the eyes for more than five seconds. I just couldn't do it. It was too too uncomfortable. <laughs> but over yeah. time, just by sticking with it, it actually pretty quickly, the discomfort reduced uh, by a large amount. It didn't go away entirely, but it reduced by a very, very large amount so that I can keep doing it every day. Yeah. So like you said, I haven't gotten to the point yet where I love doing it, where it's just, oh, wow, I can't wait to do it again. But mm -hmm. I have gotten to the point where it's a whole lot easier to do it. So I can I can push it for a while. I, I can push doing it for a number of days. And I think what's going to happen is I am only, I'm actually going to get to the point where I enjoy it, where I, I can't wait to do it again. I'm just not there yet. <laughs> well, it sounds like that's, in my way of thinking, that's the crux of the whole matter and why you're doing it is because when you get to the point where anything in your life is enjoyable and you're doing more of that thing, then you're more likely going to be opening the floodgates for all the things that are in your vortex to come to you. Right. Oh, yeah. And like one thing I, I learned a lot from Good Vibe University with Janet Ma, you know, this law of attraction thing that she's created is how important it is to not do processes and techniques unless they feel good and do them when they feel good. And I, I really believe that's why meditation is so fundamental because truly quieting our mind allows something to come from inside of us, which is our inner being, which is who we really are, is this, it's the same thing as if we've been holding the cork under the water and we let the cork go, it goes back to the surface. And when we meditate, 
we let the court go and what comes to the surface is our joy. What comes to the surface is the, all the good feelings that are literally our soul, our, our essential being is made of good feeling. Our mm. essential being's nature is joy, ease, fun, happiness, peace, in great, great peace, you know, a huge depth of peace that I've certainly felt in meditation where I don't want to get up, you know, I, it feels so good. Yeah. And lately I've been, that's the technique I'm using is I'm practicing meditation in such a way as to really let myself um, go deep or let go. I mean, stay so focused on the technique of following my breath or whatever technique I'm using that day that I really get to a place where my mind gets still a whole lot more still. And it's really cool because if you do that for two or three weeks and you consistently do it, all kinds of doors start to open up. And that's when life can begin to let these things flow to us. That's when our vortex opens up because there's it. it's a wonderful way to let go of all resistance is just by getting to a place of inner peace inner tranquility mm. oh yeah and, and interesting thing about meditation too um for the longest time i kind of maintained the uh, the image of meditation in my mind that many people i think have which is you know somebody uh with like buddhist robes sitting in lotus position muttering om and things like that and you know incense mm -hmm. and all that kind of thing and over time i've, I've come to realize that it, it doesn't have to be like that at all. Meditation is simply just getting yourself quiet, like you said. And there are a lot of ways to do that. Mm -hmm. I found out th that I had been meditating in one particular way that I didn't even realize was meditation. Oh. <laughs> and, and I think probably most people do actually have a form of meditation that they do without realizing that it's meditation. Like for me, um, I pace. When I get all worked up about stuff and I need to calm my mind down, I, mm -hmm. I didn't. I don't think about it consciously like this. Well, now I do because I'm aware of it. But up until recently, I wasn't aware of it. I, I don't consciously do it, but I do. I do start pacing in order to kind of just dissipate all the stuff that's going around in my head because mm -hmm. it's just too much. I, it's it's like sensory overload, except that it's thought overload. You know, and I just mm -hmm. I got to get it out. I got to get it out. And, and mm -hmm. so I'll just pace and pace and pace, and I'll even talk to myself, and I'll, I'm working through stuff, and it's like I'm I'm going through the jungle and pushing aside the the uh, the strands of fronds that are in my way and, and the, the branches and everything else, getting all the foliage out of the way. Well, the mm -hmm. foliage is all these thoughts that I, I need to quiet down. Mm -hmm. And pacing actively does that. It actively reduces it, and if I do it long enough, it, it eliminates it. It just turns the whole thing off. Yeah. And, and after I feel like, oh, thank God. <laughs> That's so no, no, good. I never thought of that as meditation, but it is. I mean, I'm not sitting. I'm not mm -hmm. concentrating on breathing. I'm, I'm actively walking. I'm moving around. I'm, you know, my wife makes the joke that we need to get a big house so that I can have a nice big hallway to pace because that's, that's what I like to do. You know? That's good exercise too. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But who would well, have thought that that was meditation? I certainly didn't. Any way that I think gets our mind to be um, focused on, as Abraham calls it, a little thought, you know, like a focus on a, a thought that doesn't activate your mind very much. So if, like they've talked about, if you can hear the sound of your furnace on and you, you the sound of the air coming out of the vent that's maybe right in the same room you're in, and when, when everything else is still, you just can focus on the sound of that, that it gives your mind something small to focus on. Like there's a small amount of thought and then you keep pulling your mind back to the thing, the same as with focusing on the breath. Um, and you keep pulling your mind back to that breath rising and falling. And it's so simple. But, and, but if you just can keep bringing your mind back to it and back to it and back to it, no matter where your mind wants to go, you just keep saying, well, I'm spending 15 or 20 minutes bringing my mind back to this, back to this, back to this, back to this. That, that if you do that for several weeks, you can get to the place where your mind will stop emitting the resistant thoughts that have been part of your makeup for your, perhaps since you were a child. That, that's, that's one of the key ways to get beyond this old paradigm 
that's causing you to be in this tug of war between the ways you thought about your life and this new life that you want to have, the thing you you say you want to have going forward with the better relationships and the more money and the better health and the things we say we want. If we can get our mind to stop emitting the old signals by doing meditation and getting quiet, then it opens the doors. We get we just get more and more in this place of such peace that this new way that we want our life to be can just come in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That old way is simply the law of attraction and action because <laughs> we're, we're still, when we're still actively keeping alive the old thoughts and we don't, like you say, you hardly can tell you're doing it. Uh, oh, and, I certainly and, can hardly tell I'm doing it. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. It, it's hard to remember the basic fact. We, we we're told it right when we first hear about law of attraction, that we attract everything to our lives. Mm-hmm. But what we have a hard time emotionally attaching to that because that's just so overwhelming every single event in our lives involves attracting it Mm -hmm. whoa how do i come to terms with that so we our minds kind of you know flip out and turn off and reboot (laughs) they just can't handle it right well it it shows up in a lot of different ways but um like we were talking about you know the, the the mentality of someone who is a victim of a crime and strictly speaking, we have to acknowledge that when someone is a victim of a tr- crime, in some way, they were focusing on stuff that had a similar vibration to, you know, being a victim of a crime. And so they became a victim of a crime. And, and the, the natural response that we all have as, as living, breathing, flesh human beings is, you're blaming the victim. Right. <laughs> And, and we're really not blaming the victim. There's actually no blame involved. It's, there's no more blame involved than saying that the law of gravity uh, pulled you to the ground when you fell off the, the, the building. It's not like we're blaming anything here. We're just saying no. this is what happens. But nevertheless, yeah. because there's a victim involved and a victimhood involved, oh, the idea of, of the victim in some way ha- having some responsibility for what's going on, that's blaming the victim. Well, it's mm-hmm. really not. And it's a hard no. concept to deal with. But it sure seems like it, doesn't it? Yeah, it's amazing that it's a why it's called the law of attraction is because it's it's simply like the law of gravity. That's just the way things are. And it's funny reading this book about out of, out of body travel as I was saying in a previous podcast because this guy who wrote it who's done a ton of out of out of body travel for the last 50 years on a regular basis and how he said that when you get to these other realms of who we are as an infinite being, you really realize that we that we are creating everything with our thoughts. It becomes incredibly clear when you're in these realms where the second you think a thought, you create it. And then he said, as you come back to this realm and it gets sort of like denser and denser, he comes to this realm and realizes that it's harder here to see how your thoughts are creating everything. They're creating Everything that you can hear, see, taste, touch, smell, and feel is being created by you. Your infinite being is creating everything. So every circumstance, every experience you have, you're not the victim of anything. You're not at the effect of anything. You're literally creating everything. Well, that's a really, like that's taking it to a whole other level. But what if it really is that way? And of course, I think it is. And then... Well, then how could you get to the place where you can create what you want to create? Well, one thing that at least I say to myself, well, that means I'm certainly going to will the things I want. I'm certainly going to say, I want to have clear sinuses. I want to have $200,000 more in the bank. Mm. I want to have a awesome relationship with an awesome woman. I want to have it sooner rather than later. I want to have great sex. I want to have really great health, you know, whatever it is. I want to have great physical condition in my body. And I want Um, all of it. (laughs) And I want all of it, not just one or two of them. I want all of it. Yeah. So at least then the attention's really clear. So then I am telling the universe with no uncertain terms. And of course, I think the universe already knew but now it's like, I also want this to happen in a very smooth, easy way. I want to allow these things in. 
And interestingly, the, the, the entire path for everything to happen is you have to get really happy. You have to allow yourself to have a bunch more fun. You have to allow yourself to go to meditation to where you feel really, really good because you calmed your mind to the place of it no longer emitting all those signals of your past conditioning. You know, or some people say do tapping, you know, um, but it, it all works together. If you have a whole lot more fun, you do meditation, if it involves tapping, but the, the processes that we do, the processes have to be fun eventually. They have to, we have yeah. to be following our path of least resistance, That's you know, right. to where the things that we're choosing have to naturally occur in our lives. I agree. Yeah. That's, that's the trick. You know, yeah. it's got to naturally feel good. And, and when we're on a naturally feeling good journey, we'll get to naturally feeling good destinations. I think that's true. I also think that, uh, this, for, for me, my biggest wish on my wish list is I want to release my resistances. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know how to do that, but I want to release them. So mm -hmm. universe, before you do anything else, help me. I, I want to release the resistances. Cause once I learn how to do that consistently, once I learn, okay, resistance, boom, gone, resistance, boom, gone. Okay. They're all gone. Now everything shows up. <laughs> mm -hmm. I want to release them. I want to know how to do it. I want to, I, I want to just not just know how to do it. I want to do it. I, I, yeah. I, I don't know what they are. I don't know in what way they show up necessarily. So obviously I need to be more aware of that kind of thing and I have to learn how to be more aware of it, but that's my top priority. I want to release resistances. And the key point to that, the most important one, the one that, that has the biggest impact, like you said, is feeling good. Because mm -hmm. when you're feeling good, you're not resisting. Right. That, that's a good and, piece of news right there. When you're, when you're feeling good, you're not resisting. And when you're feeling really good, you're really not resisting. <laughs> yeah, and that's... That's so key to it is the feeling good and the, and the belief that, that we have something that stands between us and feeling good. Like that when you were saying, I've got to learn what these resistances are and I've got to learn how to release them. Even that, I understand what you're saying and I maybe believe that myself, but I also know that even saying that, even thinking that way is a resistance in of itself. It is because it's focusing on resistance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's focusing on the fact that I I have to learn some stuff. I've got a journey. I've got to figure this out as opposed to I can meditate today. I can get to a place where my mind gets quiet and the universe will take care of life, will take care of my resistances for me because I will no longer be emitting this stream of thoughts that within those stream of thoughts are these counter thoughts to the things I want. So, yeah, I've just got to get to this place where I feel so good. And I'm in this place of so much trust that by feeling good, my good will come to me. Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. By the way, one way that you can, that all of us can make sure that the good comes to us is by making sure that we're subscribed to the podcast because we're putting out good every single day. We're putting out 11 podcasts a week. And you get all of them when you subscribe to the podcast. So many of you have already subscribed, and that's great. It's wonderful. We're so glad to have you on board. If you have not yet subscribed, just go to the homepage, LOAToday.net. In fact, if you're listening to this live, you're already there most likely. You're already on the homepage because that's where the live player is. Um, but right below that is where you can find the instructions for how to subscribe and then also how to share it on social media that you've subscribed and that other people that you know might be interested in subscribing as well. Because we do know when people subscribe and, and, and they start listening, they keep listening. They listen a lot of times every month. I mean, on average, two-thirds of all the shows we put out every month, people are listening to individually, every single one of them, on average. So people like it. You don't keep listening to something if you don't like it, right? <laughs> mm -hmm. So we encourage people to subscribe and share. And uh, remember, too, when you subscribe and share, you're setting yourself up for a, a nice little bounty that's coming along in the next couple of weeks because that book is getting closer and closer to being done. An entire book of stories about law of attraction manifestations by law of attraction coaches and by our co-hosts, myself, my wife, other people. Um, and there's some really great stories in there. You're going to love it. It's going to be a, just like a, one of those wonderful readers to have on your coffee table or in your smartphone or wherever else. Um, you'll get 
first crack at it because listeners are going to be able to give them the chance of downloading the ebook for free within like a three or four day process, something like that. There's going to be one little period where you can do that. That's why you want to stay subscribed so you can have access to that. Hmm. Just wanted to mention that. Cool. Yeah. I think there's one other thing that is really a cool part of this whole process of letting ourselves have the things that we want. And that is that when we get to that place where our minds are a lot more still from meditation and when we're feeling a lot more satisfaction in our lives because we're telling better feeling stories, we're choosing more fun things to do, we're spending more time feeling satisfied about what we do have in our lives Mm -hmm. already, all the things that we can count our blessings, you know, the things we can feel appreciation for, that's a huge part of it. But then what happens is we get to this place where when impulses come from source, from our inner being, that are like creative ideas about what to do next that will let in more of the thing we want. So if we're wanting more money, but we're not knowing how that money's going to come, we can receive impulses about opening doors to let it come when we're in that receptive mode. So it's, so it's when we get into that place where we're feeling good, we're feeling good, we're feeling good, we're meditating, we're, we're writing in our appreciation journal all the things that we're appreciating about our life, or we're simply noticing throughout the day all the things that we can feel good about instead of the things that are bumming us. We just keep focusing on better feeling stories about our lives. Then these impulses come that are like these creative ideas and that's how our life changes, mm-hmm. I, I believe. You know, that's that's the key to it changing is, you know, just like you got the idea for creating this book or you got the idea of adding all the co-hosts to your podcast. And you exponentially increased the possibilities for all this good to come into your life and the lives of others. Yeah. But that came as an impulse, I'm sure, right? Oh, yeah. It came as one day like a bright idea said – wow, I could do this, right? It was actually even more than an impulse. It was, oh, I'm not sure what adjective I'd apply to it. It was a drive because the the podcast had been getting so much fun to do, but it was only once a week. And I was Mm -hmm. practically in withdrawal the other six days because I wasn't doing a podcast that day. Mm -hmm. I was thinking, I got to get more of this stuff. I I mean, this is one drug I want to be addicted to. (laughs) (laughs) I got to get more of this. So it was was a really – calling it impulse almost doesn't do it it justice because it was so powerfully overwhelming. I got to do this. This is so much fun. Great. Yeah. Yeah, so that's a perfect example of how – I mean, I'm watching in my life how – I'm letting in now more and more really cool relationships with women that I know are going to lead to the partner that I want to be with. And I'm letting in more and more money, more and more appreciation of the money that I have, more and more appreciation of all the money that comes in. And I just feel I'm doing it in combination with appreciating all the developing ways that my life is is becoming more the way I want it to be. Like, um, loving the ideas that I'm creating, loving the comedy improv I'm doing, loving the hiking that I'm doing, loving the Tai Chi that I'm doing, loving the way I'm eating, loving the way that I'm I'm exercising, the way I'm making my health better. And all those things that where I can feel love and appreciation and excitement and enthusiasm and just ease about my life, that all those things just let the momentum develop and then ideas come that tell me new, new ways. Like I'm learning new marketing things that I can do that are exciting, Mm. you know, or, or even when these podcasts came along, you know, it was just, that came completely out of the blue. You know, you sent out an email said, would you like to be a podcast co-host? And I thought, yeah, I would, that would be fun. And so here I'm doing it. I'm having a whole lot of fun but it's increasing my business. And so that's just a perfect example. And I feel like more and more things will come. I mean, there's more podcasts I could probably be a part of law of attraction, other (laughs) law of attraction podcasts, or I could start my own, you know, and I've got all these great ideas and it becomes this sea of possibility and, and a sea that we we're just in our boat 
and we're just going down downstream with it. You know, it, we're flowing with it. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So that's that's what I feel is so cool is that we can get really good at our life being a a flow downstream. Mm-hmm. You know, our path of least resistance can be just becoming a life that feels better and better and better. Which is a great thing because when that happens, <laughs> we feel better and better and better. And, and it, it's yeah. one of those things that becomes what self energizing, self propelling, automated, whatever you want to call it. When, when we get onto that path where we start finding things that we enjoy, I, I've discovered this numerous times as I've, I've found things that are on my, my happy wish list, things that I like to do. Um, the more that I do them, the more that I find myself becoming open to other ideas about how to enjoy myself and how to have fun. New mm-hmm. concepts, new new things to try. Um, I mean, if if somebody had said to me even a year ago, why don't you try mirror work, I would have just said, yeah, right, that's not going to happen. I actually have gotten to the point now just by feeling better most of the time by, by deliberately focusing on making sure that as much of my day as I can, I am paying attention to what it is I like, what it is I enjoy, what it is I want, what it is I feel mm-hmm. good about, and taking mm-hmm. my mind off all that junk that I kept my mind on before by default because I just wasn't you know d- intent enough on keeping it on where I wanted it to be. That shift alone made it possible for me to start doing the mirror work. Mm-hmm. And even though the mirror work was still a little bit uncomfortable, it's very quickly becoming comfortable to the point of being enjoyable. And I just know, I mean, the only reason I'm doing that mirror work truly is because Jack Canfield recommended it. And I think mm-hmm. so highly of Jack Canfield, not just because of what he did with the Chicken Soup for the Soul books, not just because he appeared in The Secret, but because I just like who he is. I mean, I hear him talk, I, I hear him express himself, and I just feel instant trust. I just trust what's coming out of his mouth. So if Jack Canfield mm-hmm. says that he did it for 40 days with his mirror work and his negative self-talk went away, I instantly believe it 100%, no doubt. And that's yeah. why I'm doing it because I want to get rid of my negative self-talk. I figure, hey, if it's going to work for him, maybe it'll work for me. And, and even if I have a little discomfort at first, I'm willing to try it now. A year ago, forget it. There was no way I was going to try it a year ago. Just not going to happen because I wasn't in a positive enough space to try it. Mm, yeah. Some things take, for me, overcoming an initial inertia because I've had a, a inertia going in the opposite direction yeah. from my old habit patterns. Like if I want right. to be more engaged with, um, say, getting my body healthy or, or having more of a social life, and I've been spending a whole lot of time sitting in my easy chair in my home doing a lot more reading and computer work, well, sometimes there's an inertia that says, I'm going to just get my hiking clothes out and I'm going to go for a hike, or I'm going to put on my dancing clothes, whatever those are, and I'm (laughs) going to go dancing. You know, I mean, that took a lot of inertia for me at first. I was actually really depressed back in 2012. And I knew about this dancing opportunity on Sunday mornings that I could go to called movement mass with about 300 other people. And I guess I had, maybe I had done it once and it was really good for me. And so, but it took me cause I was kind of depressed and it took me like weeks till I finally one Sunday morning just said, I have got to get up and get out of my condo and get down there and dance. Mm. And it took a lot to overcome that inertia, but I went and I remember coming home. I felt so good. Coming yeah. back to my condo, I felt like I just had given myself such a huge gift to go dance for that hour with those 300 people that, you know, I was floating. And from then on, I have been doing that dancing pretty consistently. And it never fails to bring me up in an amazing way. It just energizes my whole being. And I found that it's a huge part of who I am is a dancer who needs to dance you know i need to dance it's really part of my humanness you know and you look back i look back over the centuries and i realize people have been using dance and music and things like this to get into this place of non-resistance and this place of joy and love for centuries and of course it's good for me to go do that isn't it interesting how we do need often to kind of 
push ourselves to try something out. Mm-hmm. Because when we're in a space where we really, like you said, you were feeling depressed, and I've certainly been there, deeply in there. I know other people listening in have been there as well. When you're in that space, you don't really want to try anything new. It just feels like it's too much of an effort, and mm-hmm. and you just kind of talk yourself out of it. So you kind of have to push yourself to try stuff anyway. And you have to do it with a kind of a frame of mind and a kind of a mindset that says, you know, this thing that I try, it may not pan out. It may not give me that jolt of excitement that I'm looking for, but that's okay because mm-hmm. it's part of the process of trying things out. The The only really bad thing to do would be to try it out and then give up on trying things out. But as well, long as you try it. Out, yeah. Just because that doesn't work, you might want to try something exactly, else. Exactly. Exactly. So if that doesn't work, you have to be willing to try something else out and try something else out. You may even have to try a number of things out before you find something that works for you. But that's okay. That's part of the process of climbing out of the depression. Because once you do find something and it jazzes you, I mean, it flies you up the scale. You don't have to climb incrementally. It flies you up the scale. Right. And and I also have to get myself to believe less in methodical, analytical, um, intellectual ways of working on myself that I learned from my upbringing, you know, because we were taught a lot as kids that the way we learned in school was the way you get results, which a lot of times we in school, we from the time we were little, we learned to force ourselves into a mold of this is how you do work in the world. And even though that work doesn't feel good and it's not fun, that's the only way you know to get results. So I find a big part of me has been committed to using all these techniques and methods and affirmations and things that are not, they don't feel good, but I do them anyway. And, and yet they don't get me to the happiness that I want. And yet just walking out the door and going dancing can get me there instantaneously or going out in nature can get me there instantaneously. So I, I have to give myself permission to use things that work, you know, that if I'm happier playing the guitar than I am reading that book, sometimes it takes overcoming an inertia to play the guitar because reading the book is the way I thought, it's what I thought I had to do because the book is called How to Be Happy. So I'm reading the book called How to Be Happy. This is just an example. I don't really have that book, but there's a (laughs) lot of books that claim that on the, you know, on the cover one way or the other, they're telling you, read this book and you're going to feel a whole lot better. But sometimes it, it, the book is just telling you to go dancing. The book is telling you to get out in nature and, and have a really good time where the book is telling you do meditation and calm your mind. Sometimes it's the simplest thing we need to do to follow our path of least resistance rather than think that it's a big cumbersome project to get to our happiness. Yeah, it's true. And and isn't it interesting, too, that when we try something and it doesn't really work for us, it's almost like it increases the resistance inside. Like, oh, God, well, there's just another thing that didn't work. Yeah. And it's so easy to fall into that trap, but we can't allow ourselves to do that. We have to be willing to try the next thing until we find the good thing. And then, like you're pointing out, once you find a good thing – you don't have to keep doing the stuff that doesn't work for you anymore. You can actually let that go. You've already tried that, and it yeah. didn't work. So, okay, maybe you'll revisit it at some future point. No big deal. But for the moment, it's just not floating your boat. So don't keep trying to float a boat with it because if it's not, if the boat keeps sinking, it's time to get a different boat. <laughs> <laughs> you know? know. <laughs> so, But when you find something that you love, do it again and again and again and again. In other Mm -hmm. words, get out of the habit of thinking that you have to do something because you were told to do it and get into the habit of doing something because it feels good and because you enjoy it and you get, you you, you experience life better out of it. That's how you climb up the scale. Beautiful. We're actually out of time, aren't we? I just realized that. We got like 30 Uh, seconds left. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It just flew right by. But it's been great and uh, I look forward to talking again with you on Monday. Okay. Awesome. Oh, by the way, how did somebody reach out to you in case they want some coaching? If they want to do coaching, they can go to urejoy.com, Y-O-U-A-R-E-J-O-Y.com. And there's a page there. You can sign up for a free coaching session with me. And Sounds we can great. see how it goes from there. Excellent. Don's been a pleasure. We'll talk to you again next week. Thank you, Walt. All right. And we'll see you all as well next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye.